Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Uh, to the book of Colossians. I want to go to the New Testament book of Colossians, to Paul's writings, one of his letters that he written to the people. And Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. Um, and I'm praying that God would really speak to our hearts today. I want to really, more than try to preach, I want to do more of teaching today and really try to allow the Holy Spirit to impart just a couple of thoughts that I think that can change our lives in a tremendous way. Sometimes, you know, I, I, you know the Bible talks about the simplicity of the gospel. And sometimes it's the simple things. It's the simple truths that if we will grab a hold to them, they can unlock so much in our lives. Oftentimes, you know, as, as a preacher, as a teacher, you know, it's, you, you know, you have this thing of you want something fresh, something new. But in the reality, you know, there, there's, there's a common themes that run throughout the scripture. And you always ask the Holy Spirit to really give you fresh and new ways to say what he's always been saying. Amen. So Colossians chapter 3. So it's it, at verse one, it says, listen to these words. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living among them. I love the past tense. You once walked. Uh, you once. But, but you should no longer be walking how you used to walk. You once. It was past tense. But now put away all the following. Anger. Wrath. Malice. Slander. Filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, you are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. And I'm going to stop right there. I want to teach you a couple things from this particular text, thoughts that I believe that's going to um, be very important and, and, and pray that you'll get something from it. But I believe that if you do, it'll change your life. I want to talk to you about if you're taking notes and if you want to add a subject or title to this, I'm going to call it relocated, relocated, relocated. Um, I've had the privilege or the opportunity. I don't even want to say a privilege or an opportunity um, because oftentimes I don't see it as an opportunity or a privilege. In some cases, it could be one of the things that I dread doing the most. 
How many of you in here have ever had to move? Come on, majority of the people, absolutely. How many of you enjoy moving? What happened to all the hands? That's an indication that moving is not something popular that we love to do and like to do, but often it's something that we all, at some point in our life, will have to do. And I know that since I, I've you know, been here in California, we have moved a couple times. And I was thinking about moving as, I, as the Lord began to deal with me about this particular text. And we had lived in a certain place for so long, for, for several years, and got real accustomed to it, really liked the place, became really familiar. And once you um, settle in a spot or live in a certain place, and you, normal, you have a normal routine in life where you go to work, or you, know, you go to the office, or you have different things that you do throughout the week, you know, you have a certain route or a certain path that you take home. Normally, it's the same on a daily basis if you have that type of routine. And so it is with myself when we lived at this particular place that that was just the one way that I would always go. And of course, sometimes that would alter depending on California traffic because that can change everything. But what, what, was, what, what was kind of amazing to me is this, is that we had lived in this area, this place for several years, and then we ended up having to move. Now, we moved, we found a new place, we liked a new place, we had moved all of our things there, and, um, you know, we were there unpacking things and getting things all set up, you know, and um, of course, you know, when you move, the move is not complete on the day that you move. I don't know about you guys, every time we move, I think it takes us a year to unpack, I, I don't get that. It takes about a year to get things settled and in the right spot. Just when you think you got it in the right place, then you, you know, your wife lets you know that it's not in the right place. And I know it looked good last week, but this week it just doesn't look right. So you're constantly moving things around, switching things around and adjusting things. So it normally takes time. You know, you can move in a day, but it takes you a year to unpack. But the one thing that I found it was this was quite interesting that that once we made that move, that when I would leave the office and, and head home, oftentimes that's the normal routine on a weekly basis. For some odd reason, for a while, I would always end up at my old address. Now, have you ever driven somewhere and maybe home or to your office? And then when you get there and you like park and then you kind of blink, it's like, uh, did I run a red light before I got here? Did I? Because sometimes I don't even remember. There's so much on my mind. I don't even remember the drive home. I don't know if I ran a red light. I don't know if I hit someone. I don't know if I cut someone. I, I don't know. And I'm just at home. But my point is, I, I was shocked at how many times. And I would tell Shannon, I said, why do I keep going back to the old address? But I would just drive like I normally would and go back to the old. And I'd pull up and oh, I don't live here anymore. It's the deal. Ugh. But, but it's amazing that when you have done something for so long and you get used to a certain pattern or a mode or a method that I had did it for so long that subconsciously it had settled in my mind. To the point that I didn't even have to really intentionally think about doing it. By default, I did it because I always did it. And the only problem was that is that because when I begin to live by default and by the patterns and the things that I always done, I found myself at an old location 
even though I had moved on. And the thing is, when I went back there, there was nothing there that had any purpose for my life. No furniture of mine was there. No clothes of mine was there. There was nothing there that, that had absolutely anything to do with me and my family. Everything had been moved to another location. But although we had physically moved, I was mentally at my old address. In other words, I was going back to places or back to an area that had no longer any significance for my life. And herein lies something that I want you to see because, because this is somewhat of what Paul is addressing to this church. Because he's actually teaching them and explaining to them to understand that you are not where you used to be. Now that you are saved, now that you are born again, now that you have made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and you are walking in a relationship with him, you need to understand that you are not where you used to be. And because you are not where you used to be, you don't need to keep going back to where you used to be. So here is a people that he's saying, your location has changed. You've relocated. Your position has changed. And so you cannot, can, you will never, watch this, be able to enjoy, watch this, the blessings of where you currently are if you keep allowing yourself to go back to where you were. Let, let me show you something. He said, you have to understand, and especially in this environment, because Paul was attacking a lot of heresy. There was a lot of messed up and wrong teachings that was going throughout all of this church. A little legalism, a little looseness. And one, one of the ones that was just straight out crazy, which he kind of hits in this, this chapter, was immorality. Oh, it's fine. You do what you want to. A little here, a little there, a little here, there, there. It's okay. But Paul was saying, listen. You don't live there anymore. This is not where you belong. And he begins to break it down, and I'm going to break it down for you. He says, number one, I need you to understand that because you have relocated, that means some things have changed or have to change about your life. Notice what he said. He said he, three words I want to throw at you in the, in the text. It says, seeing that you have been raised with Christ, Seek those things that are above where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. And then it says, set your mind on things which are above. He says, when you have relocated, watch this. He says, your seat and your set and your seek has all changed. My seat is my position. My seek is my pursuit. And my set is my priorities. I'm going to say it again. My, my seat, where I'm seated now, represents my position. My seek represents my pursuits. And my set now dictates my priority in life. What do you mean? Are you ready? Can I dig into it? He said, I need you to understand that when Paul used the word, you have been raised with Christ. He's saying you've been relocated. What does it mean to be raised with Christ? He said, so if you have been raised with Christ, raised up with him, resurrected, that's another word, resurrected with him, you are no longer in the same place. But watch this. If you watch this, if you've been raised with Christ, then you have had to die with Christ. 
Because in order to be raised, you first had to die. And when God saved you, when God redeemed you, when God reconciled you, he relocated you. And it represents that now you have a new life in Christ and the life you used to live is no longer the life you were supposed to live. That you are now dead to some things. Come on, somebody that once was in control of your life. What do you mean? What are you dead to? The scripture is very, listen to what Romans says this. Romans 6 says this, that are you not on, are, are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus was baptized in his death? Not only that, therefore we were buried with him with baptism in death. And it says in order, in order, in, in order that just just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. Watch this. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly be also, also be in the likeness of his resurrection. I want to present to you this, that when Jesus Christ, when it comes to the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it was not just about what Jesus Christ, watch this, done for us, but it's also what Jesus Christ done as us. Because, oh, you didn't hear what I just said. It's not about what he just done for us. It's what he did as us. Understand, notice, the Bible said that when on the cross, we died with him, spiritually speaking. In baptism, we were buried with him, spiritually speaking. And when he rose up on Resurrection Sunday, spiritually speaking, we have been raised up also. And if we have been raised, it's a representation that some things have died. What have you died to? The Bible said that because we have been raised with Christ, we are dead to sin. That sin has no authority or dominion over your life. When you got raised, the power of sin was broken off of your life. Does that mean I won't sin? That's not what it's saying. What it's saying, if you do sin, you have the power over over sin and you can be forgiven for sin. What this tells us is that we can make no excuse about staying in bondage. We can make no excuse of saying that I'm, I'm dealing with this issue. I'm dealing with that issue. I want to tell you that sin as a believer has no dominion over you. Sin can be broken. Sin can be loose. I don't care what chain. I don't care what yoke. I don't care what bondage. I don't care what transgression. Transgression. I don't care what iniquity. I don't care what struggle. The power of sin is broken off of your life through our by being raised in Jesus Christ. It's broken. It has no power over you. You can be free. You can be loose. You can live. Not only am I dead to sin, but the Bible says I'm dead to myself. Paul said, the life I now live, I live, I no longer live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God. Paul said, I died to myself. What does it mean to be raised? You die to yourself. Listen, you will never be Christ-focused if you are always self-centered. I'm going to say it again. You will never be Christ-focused if you're always self-centered. Some of us are our own trinity, me, myself, and I. 
but that is not the Bible. The Bible said when we were raised up, we died to self. Paul said, I die daily. He said, Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross. It is not about you. It is not, it's not about me, but it's all about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I died to myself. I died to my rights. I died to my will. I died to my opinion. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. He said, you're dead to sin. You're dead to yourself. And he says, you're dead to the world system. This world is not your home. Though we're in the world, we're not of the world. This world doesn't dictate my future. This world doesn't dictate my destiny. This world, come on, my times are not in the world's hand. My times are in his hand. The Bible said there's nothing good in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But he said through your risen state, you have died. Because the Bible said that God has brought us out of this world and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. I am now a citizen in the kingdom of God. I'm under a new legislature. I'm under a new law. I'm under a new king. Come on, somebody. That's why you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. He said, if I've been raised, it means I've died to some things. I've died to sin. I've died to self. I've died to the world system. And notice what it said. It said, if I have died, watch this. It says, now I am hidden with Christ. I'm hidden with Christ. I'm going to show you this little illustration real quick. What do you mean? He says, you are hidden with Christ. Let me show you this. This is you. And this is Christ. You and Christ. You, Christ. When you got saved and born again, say we said accept Jesus Christ into our life. What you have to understand to accept Christ into your life, watch this. When he comes into my life, but watch this. Not only does he come into my life, but the Bible said, now I'm placed in his life. See, he comes in me. Yeah, come into my heart and save me. But the Bible said that when he comes in me, now I'm in him. So Christ is in you. And when Christ is in you, watch this. You are in Christ. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what I like a little bit further. It's because the Bible said, Jesus said to his disciples, did, did you forget that me and my father are one? If you have seen me, you've seen the father. So if Christ is in me, and when Christ is in me, then it puts me in Christ. And if the father and Christ is one, then let me go ahead and take it another step. That when I get in Christ, I get in God. Oh, you I want to give you a picture and, and don't take this the wrong way. I'm, I'm not being theologically wrong, but this is a picture of your life right now. 
Because when it talks about being hidden in Christ, it speaks, watch this, of your security. That in Christ I am secure. He said, no man can pluck you out of my hand. Do you see this right here? Where are you? You can't see yourself because you're hidden in Christ. And if I'm secure in Christ, that means that I have everything that I possibly could ever need because I'm inside of the God of the universe. My needs are already met. My blessings are already given. Everything that I can hope and dream for, it's already in me because I am in him. Come on, somebody. This is what you look like. You are sufficient in him. What can the devil do with this? Notice, he said, you're hidden. It means your, your security. It means your sufficiency. But watch this. It means you have a new identity. Because understand that when I look at this, this don't look like who you used to be. This does not look like who you used to be. Because when you're in Christ and when God looks at you, he sees himself. Because the Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new new creation when I got saved he took me back to Genesis watch this when he said let us make man in my own image so your image is restored in God when you are saved so now that you're saved when he looks at you he sees himself he doesn't see you busted he doesn't see you broke he doesn't see you torn out he doesn't see you defeated he doesn't see you lost he sees destiny he sees promise he sees dreams he sees vision he sees blessings he sees the head. He sees not the tail. He sees you in your destined place, your promised place, your blessed place. This is what you look like. I don't look the same. Watch this. I don't look the same to God and I don't look the same to the world because I'm relocated. You're not going to find me where I used to be. You're not going to find me back there because I'm right here. And God knows how to hide you. He said, I'm hidden. Watch this. I'm hidden in Christ. Understand, because I've been raised with Christ. I've been relocated. I'm no longer where I used to be. Relocation. When I look at Jesus, when he relocated out of that tomb. He teaches us something through three gospel writers. One writer said when the women came to the tomb, watch this. He said, come see where the Lord lay or come see where he used to lay. Another writer said this. Mary came along. He said, why seek ye the living among the dead? And in John's writing, you come along, you read again, watch this. They said when they looked into the tomb, it says this, they were lying there, the linens that he used to wore. Notice this, come see where the Lord lay, why seek the living among the dead, and he's been loosed from the linens he used to wear. What am I saying to you? When you relocate and you've been relocated, you, you understand one thing, number one, watch this. It says, why seek ye the living among the dead. 
When you are relocated, you understand that what you thought was giving you life at one time was really giving you death. Now that I'm in Christ, I found the way. I found the truth. I found the life. And it is in Jesus Christ. The world told me that life was in the bar. The world told me that life was in the club. The world told me that life was from relationship to relationship, from bed to bed, here, there, go there, everywhere. But I'm telling you, when you are relocated, you understand that the greatest life to be lived is the life that is in Jesus Christ. I'm not saying everything will be a bed of roses. I'm not saying that you won't go through struggles and hardship. But I tell you, on your worst day with Jesus is still the best day than anybody in hell. If you go through hell and you got Jesus, you're still in a blessed place. If you're going through struggles and you got Jesus, that's still the best life. He said, come see where the Lord lay. When you relocated, he said, where, where you used to lay. When you relocated, where I used to lay. I'm not comfortable with the things I used to be comfortable with when you relocate it. I'm not comfortable with cussing anymore. I'm not comfortable with womanizing anymore. I'm not comfortable with cheating anymore and stealing anymore. Oh, come on now. Don't shout me down. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? I'm not comfortable looking at stuff on the internet that I used to look at. I'm not comfortable bashing folks and slandering folks and talking about folks and being nasty and ugly. I'm not comfortable. I used to lay there, but I've relocated. Come see. The Bible said his linens were there. Things. The linens is what he was wrapped in. The linens, watch this, were things that was close to his body. I've come to realize that sometimes when you relocate, what you thought, what you thought you needed close to you, you realize you don't need anymore. Sometimes when you relocate, some people who you thought needed close. You don't need any more. I've been loosed for some things that have used to have me wrapped up and caught up and tore up. I used to be wrapped up in things that I thought I needed to get peace and comfort from. But when I relocated, I left the linens of my past in the tomb of my death. I'm in a new position in Christ Jesus. He said, when you have relocated, he said, number one, you relocated. What does that mean? I've been raised. And when you've been, after you've been raised, watch this. It says he's seated with Christ Jesus. My relocation. Where's my seat at? My see my chair at? They got my chair? Who's got my chair? All right. I guess not. Where's my chair? There it is. Praise him. The Bible said that, that we have been, watch this, when you relocated, that you've been raised but then it says you've been seated with Christ. Where Christ is, we're seated at the right hand of God. Listen to what Ephesians 2 says. We have been raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. When you, can, I, can I just do this for a minute? Because I need you to see this picture. That's why I'm giving you some visuals. It says that when you've been relocated, you've been raised and you've been reseated. And notice it said you were raised together with Christ. 
and you are seated in heavenly places. In other words, you are seated in a place of authority. You are seated in a place of victory. The Bible said in Ephesians 1 that he has set him, watch this, far above all principality. I need to let somebody know that, 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 that listen, Christ has so far exceeded sin and the enemy. There's a spance that can't even be fathomed. He's not just above sin. He's far above sin. And he says everything when he sat down is under his feet. Well, wait a minute. If I'm seated with him and he's seated far above and everything is under his feet, and I'm sitting next to him. If I thought about it, I'd have my wife come up here and sit beside me. But he said, I'm seated with Christ. So guess what? If Christ is sitting in victory, I'm sitting in victory. If Christ is sitting in power, I'm sitting in power. If Christ is sitting in authority, I'm sitting in authority. If Christ is sitting in a blessed place, I'm sitting in a blessed place. Some of you, oh my God, I'm going to preach right here. The reason why you stay so upset is you hadn't learned to sit down, to sit down and let the Lord do his work. Sit down. The Bible says, sit on my right hand and let the Lord make your enemy your footstool. You wouldn't be so upset if you learned to sit down. I'm not going to be upset over you, over you and over you because I know that when I sit down, I'm in the victorious place. When you try to stand up and make your point and stand up and do this. See, when you stand, you're, defi- you're dependent on your feet. But when you sit, you're dependent on the seat. See, your feet is your strength, but the seat is his power. I'd rather, come on somebody, this is more comfortable anyway. I got flat feet. I can't stand a long time except when I preach. This is better for me anyway. I'm seated. Somebody say, I'm seated. I'm seated in victory. I'm seated in triumph. The devil can't stop me. The devil can't beat me. Somebody need to get this picture. This is where you sit over disease. This is where you sit, oh, come on, over illness. This is where you sit over that old crazy boss at your job. This is where you sit, come on, somebody, over addiction, over alcohol, over drugs, over fornication, over hurt, over pain. This I sit. I'm over that. Come on, somebody. I have been, I've been raised with Christ. I'm victorious and I'm seated. It's under my feet. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise and I'll finish in a moment. Well, I tell you what, I'm tired of the enemy. I'm tired of the enemy. I'm tired of the enemy having us as believers walking around that we're some poor, pitiful, this, that, and the other. Come on. Come on. We're not victors. Victims, we're victors. You need to get a revelation of where you sit. Kids are, are out working on their testimony. Sit on it. Craziness going on in the family. I got authority over this. I got power over this. No, you're not, not in my house. I got, I got power over this. 
He said, you need to understand where you sit. Now you're sit. Now watch this real quickly, and I'm going to give you these three points, and I'm going to land a plane. We'll come on home. See, here's the beauty. I'm relocated. But we shout, and we dance, and everyone got excited. But why ain't I walking in it? Why ain't I experiencing it? Why is it not being outworked in my life? Because see, what Paul said. He said, watch this. The raising is God's job. But the setting. He's raised you. Change your position. And placed you in a seat of victory. He said, that's my job. He said, I did the seating. But you're responsible for the setting. He said, because if you don't set. You won't walk in the fullness of your seat. Because here's the issue. I've relocated spiritually. But I'm at my old address mentally. He said, now, he said, understand where you sit. So now I got to realign my mind with my new location. He said, because it's possible to be here spiritually. But over here in your own strength mentally. And I'm not experiencing the fullness of that. Because I not have done anything with this. That's why he said, therefore, set your mind on things. where He said, realize where you're sitting. Now you have the responsibility of setting your mind on things which are above. Set your mind, listen to this, above, not earthly things. Set means an ongoing decision to position my mind and set my mind on the things of God. Watch this. Setting is what brings continual revelation of your sitting. When you move or relocate, you have to set things in its proper place. Just like when you move, you're, you're in a new location, but you got to set everything where it goes for you to enjoy the fullness of where you're located now. Watch this. Why is it important? Your mindset determines your life set. What you believe will always determine how you behave. Wrong thinking will lead to wrong living. Watch this. Character and conduct begin in the mind. Some have said, uh, you heard this, I heard this term growing up. It says to be, he said, they're just so heavenly minded. They're no earthly good. How many heard that? That's what, it may be a southern thing. There's a few people in here. But I hear that. They're just so heavenly minded. They're no earthly good, implying that they're just so spiritual that they're no Lord. They can't even, their heads are always in the clouds. They're always out there. Until you get sick. Well, look. I snuck that one in. Because, see, we used it as a negative, but could it be there's some truth to it? You know, those are those weird people. Those are those weird people. You know, they say they're all spirit led and they're spirit filled, but that's just weird. You know, yeah, the, you know, Holy Spirit. 
Okay, I'm going to help you all with something. Matt, can you put up my definition of weird? Because, see, this messed with me. See, this is why we got to be careful how we say stuff. This is the dictionary.com. Listen how it defines the word weird. Suggesting something supernatural. Uncanny. Synonyms. Uncanny, eerie, unnatural, supernatural, unearthly, otherworldly, ghostly, mysterious, strange, abnormal, unusual, informal. I don't know about you. But I could take all those definitions to the book of Acts and define every one of them by how the Holy Spirit moved. He's not earthly. He is from another world. The Bible said that God wrought unusual miracles by the hand of the apostle. He's not abnormal. He is supernatural. So guess what? I don't mind being heavenly minded so I'm no earthly good because I've been told to set my thoughts on things which are above and not on the earth. I want to tell you the reason the kingdom of God advanced. It was because men and women of God who had their minds set on heaven. They had their minds set on the kingdom of God. They were not worrying about what was going on in the earth. They were men and women of God who was consumed with seeing his kingdom come and his will be done. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to get our minds so bogged down and messed up and wrong thinking and wrong mindsets and wrong ideas that we just settle and just go through the motions of doing church. But I dare to believe that God has not sent us here to have a church for the carnal earthly people. He has sent us here to raise up people who will set their mind on things which are above, who will be about their father's business and advance the kingdom of God. Watch this. When Paul said in Romans 12, he said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing. Renewing. When you read it, I, I dug into that scripture because I was interested. A little thing is flipping off my ear up here. Praise him. But when you read that scripture, it's very interesting. Because if you read it how it was actually written, Paul said it like this. Stop being conformed to this world. That's the way it was originally. In other words, they were allowing themselves to be conformed. So when he gives the command, he says, quit living like this. Quit being conformed. Quit being. But it's time for you to renew your mind. You've got to have renovation because of your relocation. And understand that, 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 watch this, our responsibility is to set our mind in the word of God. Set our mind in prayer. Set our mind in worship. Set our mind in the fellowship among the believers. Because watch this, your job is to set, but only the Holy Spirit can transform. The Holy Spirit does the transforming work. Are you sure about that, Javon? Absolutely. Romans 8. Matt, if you'll put it up, 8, 6, and 7. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. 
It does not submit to God's law, nor can it be. So a renewed mind, a set mind is a mind that is governed by the spirit. It's under the government of the Holy Spirit. And when you have a relocated, renewed, renovated mind that's governed by the spirit. Watch this. I'm going to give you this. Notice this. Uh, where's it? Yes. Mind that is governed by the spirit is, knows how to respond. I love this. I got I stole it from Pastor Ben. And not just react. A mind governed by the spirit is swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. Watch this. A mind governed by the spirit doesn't just speak what he thinks, but thinks before he speaks. Put my thing up, Matt. This is a mind that's governed by the spirit. It thinks before it speaks. When your mind is governed by the spirit, it stops and says, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Here's one that we need to get. Is it kind? The Holy Spirit will say, stop. Don't just do that. Don't just react. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Stop. Swift to hear. See, the problem is, well, I'm going to give you the opposite. See, when your mind is governed by the flesh, this is your, I just, I, I, I just going to give them a piece of my mind. And that's why you don't have peace in your mind. Because you're too busy always giving a piece of your mind. And as long as you, uh-oh, as long as you keep giving a piece of your mind, you won't have peace in your mind. That's just who I am. I give them a piece of your mind. And then you be here. And we hear those songs, peace be still. And you walk out there and give one of the parking lot guys a piece of your mind just after you. Oh, come to the music. I'm teaching. Are you getting something out of this? Come to the music. I'm, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you this. As they play, three things, real quick. If you're gonna set your mind, there are things that are often opposed. You setting your mind, and you need to have. Watch this. This is critical. You need to have. If you gotta have this in order to properly set your mind. To experience renovation. If you'll set it, the Holy Spirit will renew it. This is the difference between victory and defeat for some of us. Some of us, watch this. You're, you're, you're sitting in, you're sit, you sit in victory, but you're walking in defeat. Not because of your position, but because of your mentality. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Real quick, my mind. You ready? What, 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 what is incredible? I have, to, I have to have, watch this, a transitional mind. My mind has to be open to transition. What, what do you mean? Transition is about change. Open to change. Open to something different. You'll never be able to watch this, walk through open doors with a closed mind. Naaman almost missed his miracle because he didn't have a transitional mindset, an open mind. He felt entitled to get healed how he wanted to be healed. He said, uh, does he know who I am? 
I'm Naaman, the commander in chief. I'm the big dog, but you got leprosy. He said, why don't Elijah, you, what? He gonna send his, what? He gonna send a messenger out here. I come to his door. I drove way over here. I brought him some food. I brought him some hamburgers and French fries and stuff. And I brought him something to eat. And he gonna send somebody out here and tell me what I need to go do. Why can't he come out here? You know, he know who I am and perform his miracle. Call on the name of the Lord and I be healed. Elijah was, and he said, tell that dude to go down to the Jordan and dip seven times and he'll be healed. Naaman said, of all the rivers, couldn't you le- listen? You could at least sit me over to the baptism at Free Chapel. That would have been a whole lot better. You're trying to go to the lake, go to what? But watch this. If he kept his mind closed, he would have missed his miracle. Because watch this. It wasn't, watch this. It wasn't just about, watch this, his body being healed. It was about humility in his heart. Because watch this. This is what they said. Master, if they would have told you to do something else, you would have did it. The biggest leprosy was not in his skin. It was the pride of leprosy that was in his heart. And sometimes if you're not open, understand if a man wasn't open to spit and mud, he would have never had open eyes. Number two, let me just give you this. Trans, you you got to have a, a transparent mind. Willing to be transparent. Willing to be truthful. You will never get where you need to be if you're not honest, where, uh, honest about where you are. Jesus said the truth will make you free. Or if you, you shall know the truth. Let me correct that. And the truth shall set you free. If truth sets you free, then lies keep you in bondage. And if I can keep lying to myself and not being honest to myself, and guess what? You'll stay in bondage. You'll stay in the same place. You can dress up. You can look nice. You can get a fresh cut, put on good smelling cologne, nice shoes, a bad outfit. You can do all of that, and you will walk around a house of bondage until you learn to be transparent and to be truthful about where I am. Truthful mind. And the last one, you got to have a teachable mind. God can't teach you anything if you think you already know everything. Let me give you some scripture. Proverbs said this, a wise man will hear and increase in learning. And a man understanding will attain wise counsel. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he who heeds counsel is wise. Watch this. Get, watch this. Do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Give instru- Notice that. He said a wise man will say, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for helping me see what I didn't see. Thank you for loving me so much that you didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. You told me what I needed to know. Thank you for loving me so much that you wouldn't help me continue to hurt me because I'm doing crazy stuff. Thank you. A wise man, a wise woman will say thank you for teaching me. But it says give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The whole point I wanted to get tonight, and I hope you got something, 
is that we've been relocated if you're born again. But if we don't learn to set our mind in a position to be renewed. Philippians, I challenge you to go to Philippians 4. Paul gives you a list. He said, set your mind on these things. Whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is kind, what is of a good report, what is excellent, set your mind. And he said, the God of peace will be with you. Isaiah said, they who mind is stayed on me, they will be in perfect peace. And God said, if, my, if you set my thinking on the things of God, he said, that's where you have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and it will guard your mind. God, by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, through redemption, has relocated you if you're saved. But it's our job to now set our minds so we can walk in the fullness of what God has for us. It's not about what you're trying to get. It's about you realizing what you already have. Oh, I just said a mouthful. It's not about what you're trying to get. It's having your mind renewed so you realize what you always ha already have. Stand to your feet up there. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.